0: Welcome back, Collectuals, to another episode. I'm joined here by Rafan, my co-host, and uh, we're excited to bring you another episode. Rafan, how's it going?
1: I'm well, Jay. Thank you. Just making the most out of the remainder of the year and going on a mini vacation tomorrow. Looking forward to it. How
0: about you? Oh, that's good, man. That's nice. Uh, yeah, same here. We're trying to find something to do with the kids. Uh, we're going to the zoo tomorrow, so we'll, find, right. we'll have some fun tomorrow
1: be good, man. And speaking of end of the year, we thought we'd take this episode and focus on Pakistan's performance in the year 2021. Go over each series and see what we think and analyze each series and see where Pakistan stands and what kind of momentum we take into 2022.
0: Yeah, what a year it's been. It's been a a lot of cricket and a lot of ups and downs also. But yeah, it's uh, one of our final episodes of the year, so we should definitely get into how things went. So when you look at our table here, the games we played, the games we won and the games we lost, what are your initial observations? What do you see? What do you notice?
1: I see a lot of away series, which is good for performance, but bad for home cricket once again. And that's something we've been continuously working on. But good to see that South Africa finally made a trip to Pakistan. And so did West Indies. And uh, we were trying to get New Zealand in. And they had to bail out last minute, so did England. So the positives are the home cricket is back. And uh, I also see a lot of series wins, especially in away games against uh, teams that are ranked higher than Pakistan.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised a little bit. You know, this year has been a crazy year with COVID and everything else. Games getting rescheduled, postponed, canceled. Then we had these security excuses. So, so much has gone on that you kind of forget how long a year is and how much cricket has been played over the years. So just some raw numbers here. Uh, We have uh, nine different series or games, including the World Cup or tournaments, you could say, that Pakistan was involved in. And out of uh, these nine, you know, when you look at, you know, series wins, Pakistan has won about five series and uh, the ones that we've lost uh out of the nine including obviously the world cup if you take out the world cup then you're left with eight so five out of eight is not that bad the other three pakistan did have some partial wins the only series that pakistan had a flat out loss and no win kind of ratio um and the total kind of loss to the series was the england series when pakistan went to england when england due to covid had a cancellation and pakistan went in to fill in. That's the series that Pakistan lost both the ODI leg as well as the T20 leg. And they only won one T20 um, in England. To me, that's an interesting piece of this whole year's itinerary when I look at the schedule. Uh, But in every other uh, series against New Zealand, South Africa, at home and away, Zimbabwe, away, West Indies, away, and Bangladesh away, and then West Indies again at home. In all of these, Pakistan has registered wins. Most of them, they won.
1: And especially we registered uh, a few series sweeps and whitewashes and uh, progress from last year, because we always had a split uh, series outing in previous years. I think uh, I'd, I'd give Pakistan A+, plus uh, as far as T20 is concerned. Uh, we can really break it down into test and ODI and talk about that as well. But I don't see much ODI being played, which is indicative of for how good of a T twenty team we have, and we're struggling with ODI still because we didn't get to play a lot of it. And test series, it's gonna it's gonna be a C on and off, because we did lose to teams that are ranked higher than us, but I see good wins against the teams that are ranked below us.
0: I was gonna say something similar. About the T20, my observation here, and just for the audience to narrate the table that we kind of created and we're looking at, we started the year 2021 with tournament against New Zealand, in New Zealand. Then there was a series in at home against South Africa, tests and T20s. Then there was a series away at South Africa, in South Africa, against South Africa, which was also ODIs and T20s. Then there was an away series in Zimbabwe, T20s and tests. And then this England uh, series happened that we kind of just talked about. That was like the one where we lost the ODIs and the T20s. And then um, we went to West Indies and played T20s and tests there. And then the World Cup arrived. This is now we're talking September, October. And then after the World Cup, we immediately went to Bangladesh for a test and T20 series. And then West Indies came to Pakistan. They just recently left mid-December. Uh, but all we got to do was the T20. So that's what we're looking at. We're just you know talking about what we're observing based on the results from all of those those uh, series and events. So yes, Rafan, to your point, T20 is, is the clear highlight when we look at all of the wins. When I look at the T20 legs of All of these series, we have only lost one. That's the one against England where three T20s were played. We lost one. They won two. So in every other one, New Zealand, South Africa at home and away, Zimbabwe away, West Indies away, Bangladesh away, and West Indies at home again. In all of these, we have won all of the T20 legs of these uh, tournaments. Now, what I'm thinking and what, what's on my mind, and this is also a question that's been uh, being brought up by some ex-cricketers, is Pakistan, one, just a T20 team, and two, if Pakistan is a really good T20 team, is that a, is that a problem? Is that indicative of us not being good enough in one-day internationals and test matches? Or should we look at these separately? What do you think?
1: I think we mentioned and touched upon this topic in, in the past episodes, and I really think not only we look at it separately, we should have uh, separate teams for each format of cricket. Whatever you see on this table that we've created, and I think our ranking align perfectly well with how we play each format. So T20, Pakistan is number three, and not far away from India and England, who is number one. ODI, we're number six. And this tells you we don't play a lot of ODIs. Uh, I think we total played like five of them in 2021. And that used to be like the primary format that we used to enjoy. Clearly, T20 cricket is becoming bigger and bigger. And then if you look at the test rankings, Pakistan is also number five. And the countries that play competitive tests often are India, New Zealand, Australia, and England and if you look at this table that we looked at we lost that series test series to new zealand early in the year 02 england demolished us it's in odi cricket as well so t20 is exciting and explosive and action packed but i do think we should take limited over cricket altogether seriously and we definitely need to see and develop a better odi team and at least play more odis and schedule them pakistan always opts out to play more t20s sometime one test match or two and barely any odis if they do play any why are we in so much rush are we not able to secure enough time with other teams and it's not like they're coming to pakistan which is not happening as often so i don't know what the problem is but to answer your question i don't think we should just focus on t20 team if that's the case we need separate teams for each format going forward and we definitely need to ensure we have, if not more, as many ODIs and tests uh, scheduled in each series uh, going into 2022.
0: Good point. Another thing I noticed here is, you know, we started the year off kind of like a mixed bag, even though we we, we secured wins. But I remember now that I'm thinking about this, that in the, the beginning of the year, there was a lot of talk about the New Zealand series, the South Africa series, both of the South Africa series um, and Zimbabwe series because a lot of critics were saying that New Zealand, you know, they had their second strength team available for Pakistan because I think the IPL was something was going on that some of New Zealand's key players left, you know, this series to go do something else. So that was one thing. And Pakistan won the T20 series, lost the test series to, you know, 2-0. They didn't win any of the two tests. But with that second-strength team, Pakistan did not do as well in the tests. And there was a lot of criticism at that time about why Pakistan didn't do well against a team that is not a full-strength New Zealand team. And the same thing I remember happening, the South African team that visited us was definitely not their uh, full-strength team. And there was the same criticism, like we should easily be winning and defeating the South Africa team. And we, we won. So that's great. And then um, when we visited South Africa and Zimbabwe, obviously, you know, South Africa was also going through a lot of transitions at that time. And there was a bit of turmoil in South Africa cricket. And there was a lot of talk about this team is not what it used to be. And Pakistan did win while they were away. Uh, both in Zimbabwe and South Africa. So, the first half of the year leading up to that Team England, you know, I guess the series in England where we lost both the ODIs and the T20s was really just mired with a lot of criticism of Pakistan that we were not really dominating the teams that we're supposed to be dominating. And in the first half of the year, even though we secured some wins, they're, they're not making a statement per se. Um, so that's what I remember about that part of the year. Then the loss against England was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, see, like a lot of critics were saying, see, this is what we we're talking about. You're playing lower-level teams, partial teams, half-strength teams. You're winning and thinking that you're doing great. But as soon as you play a team like England, a full-strength team, you lose. So there was a lot of that going on in the media. And then all of that, I think it's interesting, it starts to change right Like at the World Cup uh, time period. You know, after the West Indies series, we win the T20 1-0. Uh, I guess it was only, I, I don't understand this this data right now. Maybe a T20 was canceled or something because we only have one T20. Um, and then there was a test played between Pakistan and West Indies also 1-1. So after this is when we're like, remember going through that huge transition where there's a new... PCB chairman coming up. Wasim Bakar resign. New coaching staff is hired. Ramiz comes in and makes a couple of small changes. Uh, Prime Minister Imran Khan invites the team for T20s too. And then all of a sudden we see team changes. Three players are are dropped and replaced. Uh, and a fourth one is brought in from uh, reserves or something like that. So, And after that, we have a clean sweep in Bangladesh and a clean sweep in West Indies. So that's really interesting that September-October time was like a turning point, and we ended the year with straight wins in every format.
1: So the West Indies 1-0, uh, is actually four matches and three got washed out. <laughs> and Pakistan won the only one that they played. Got just it. to clarify that. And I think it also has something to do with, remember when we started our podcast during that time, we should put that on the table too. That's our anniversary. Do you remember the date when we first started, Jay? I
0: don't, I don't remember the date. Was it September 9th or something like that? Was that our first episode?
1: Oh, man, that's shameful. Uh, <laughs> let me look it up as. <laughs> I'm horrible. <laughs>
0: Both of us don't know. We're so into our podcast. We I have think no idea the what first our first episode
1: we published was September
0: 19th. So... Oh, there we go. So uh, I was off by 10. I had, the, I had one of the digits right, okay. man. We may have recorded <laughs> 10 days before that. You
1: never know. We were preparing
0: yeah 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 we're preparing for the launch
1: so excuse us you know there's uh, so many episodes <laughs> going around and then you're involved with free hits so we
0: if, if this was a relationship we, we would be in a lot of trouble right now for forgetting our I anniversary
1: <laughs> <laughs> a breakup uh on live radio that's right i was saying that it also has to do with remember when ramiz was talking about new zealand and england bailing out and we were not happy about it. Obviously, we felt uh, insulted that finally Pakistan was bringing cricket home with these uh, higher ranked teams. And they just denied our welcome. And Ramiz mentioned to take the anger out on the field. And let's not bash anybody down. And I think we did see some momentum and some motivation going into the World Cup. And that's where things really started to change. Yes, we also had the new coaches which usually is not a good thing before a major tournament. It's turmoil. Yeah, the changes reflect later on in time. I think even till this date, it's too early to say if Ramiz is a good chairman or uh, the coaches are better than what we, and we don't even have permanent coaches. So (laughs) I really think it's the anger and and the insult that we received from uh, New Zealand and England. We took that into consideration and we just took our anger out and we entered the stage in fashion with uh, beating the number one team that was likely to win the World Cup by 10 wickets. That's the highlight for me for this year, Pakistan yeah. beating India by 10 wickets. And then we took it from there. We, beat, we had New Zealand <laughs> yeah. on the receiving end as well. So it was a good year. If you look at the England series, that, uh, that happened uh, right before West Indies, right before the World Cup. Well, we weren't prepared for that. That that came out of nowhere. We were just trying to, you know, yeah, we cater to their need because somebody else bailed out, and uh, we weren't ready. England pitches are difficult, and our players are new. So I'm I'm not gonna blame our team so much for that. The best win out of the whole table that we're looking at was versus South Africa. They did have a decent team. Uh, AB De Villiers has left a long long time ago, and I think a couple other players had retired, but uh, this is uh, the series where Babar Azam, I think, scored a century, and he topped the ranking as number one ODI batchman, and I think Fakhar Zaman registered two centuries in this uh, series as well, and uh, he actually almost uh, scored a double century, and he got run out because Quentin de Kac, appropriately named in this scenario, distracted him and pointed to the other <laughs> with, direction with and the... It and then you got a run out man at 193 you could have scored and we lost that that's the only match we lost
0: I'm glad he distracted him with the ball and not something else the (laughs) interesting part that that's so I'm so glad you kind of zoomed in on a couple of these games I agree with you I think World Cup was the highlight that just like rising out of the ashes really is what I visualize that's what Pakistan was going through. Pakistan cricket at that time was rising out of the ashes. Babar Azam was under—I can only imagine—immense pressure. The board is going through all these transitions. There's all this talk about, you know, Babar being the captain. Should he be the captain? And is—is his captaincy now going to be stronger or weaker because of this transition? And like, is he going to get to make more calls, or not? You know, all kinds of things were going on. He still managed to captain, and he still managed to perform as uh, as a T twenty player as well, and in and, and in tests. So, you know, that to me is really the the World Cup. You know, the the main high point of the whole year. It came a bit late, but it came at the right time. And and the way those guys came together and played together and made everybody proud, I think that's definitely the highlight. Uh, Some of the other things you were mentioning, I think, are interesting to note here, too. We didn't put those two series uh, that were scheduled, but were abandoned, the England and the New Zealand series, in our tables. But you know, those two series were also um, meant to be before the World Cup and prepare us for the World Cup in, in some ways as well. Those two series, the New Zealand and England series, were supposed to be our toughest challenges of the year. But. Unfortunately, we were robbed uh, from having those experiences and nobody got to see the outcome of those series. Um, So I think that's something to also remember. No other team, you know, people have had to abandon due to COVID, obviously, but no other team has gone through this many series abandonments uh, as Pakistan has. And, And not to mention there's pressure not only about, you know, performing, but the The cricket board, the body itself, the structure, the organization itself, is under immense pressure because of how much this costs. Um, the The board having lost so many games, the rights, the broadcasting, and whatnot. So much goes into it. We we talked at length about the consequences of these two canceled series uh, in our previous episodes, but you know that's just something to remember. It kind of. Puts everything into perspective as to what what a year this has been, and why the wins that we did manage are kind of remarkable given the circumstances. And then to end the year with Bob Azam and Mohammad Rizwan near the top of the charts as you know, arguably the world's best batsmen uh, all around. To to see that that's kind of you know, really, really inspiring in, in ways. So congratulations to Pakistan on, on, a, on a really good year.
1: Absolutely. And think of it from Bobber's perspective, a, getting a call that you're going to be the new captain. Uh, congratulations. And you're going to represent us in the World Cup. By the way, we lost our coaches. We have a new chairman. <laughs> and you're playing your first match against India. Good luck. He, he delivered and he was completely worry-free. And, and you saw what happened. They had a 152-run partnership, and we completely demolished India before reaching the semifinals, and it happened to us, and it's a knockout stage game. It happens. And, but overall, if you look at the T20 games, once again, I think we only lost, what, two or three matches all year long, including the one we lost against Australia in the semifinal, So yeah, we're definitely a strong T20 team. And ODI, I think to assess it uh, perfectly, we would have to see more ODI series to see what we can do. So we haven't seen that, but Babers, Fakhar Zaman, and Rizwan have the longevity to survive an ODI game as well.
0: Check my math on this, man. But like when I look at this table, I'm counting only six ODIs the whole year. Is that right?
1: Uh, that sounds about right. We didn't play that much Odia. That's so. crazy
0: to me, especially considering Odia was the primary, you know, mode of cricket yeah. <laughs> for so long. And in this past year, there was only, you know, six games that Pakistan played. I don't know. I'm. I'll be interested in seeing how the other teams fared. But another interesting point here was how many T20s Pakistan played. You you mentioned earlier that we play a lot more of these and. You know, Pakistan did set a record of having them or registering the most T20 wins. I think yeah. at 18, and uh, that's a great record. And and it also is reflective of how much more of that format did we play. I think we played yeah. over 40 T20s uh, compared to some of the other teams. So it's really interesting. I think what's worked for us is uh, the opening partnership. We've talked about this in our last episode, but obviously, Barbara and Rizwan, we found a good combination. Let's stick to it. Let's move on. We still need to work on numbers three and four. Fakir Zaman has been a hit and a miss uh, lately, especially in the last four months or so. So we want to see what's the deal with that. Heather Ali seems to be a a prospect in, in that position also. Kustil Shah seems to be a prospect in that also. Obviously, I'm talking about T20 right now, so in that, there's still that middle-order conundrum that we were in. We're not so much in a conundrum, I guess. That's not the right word anymore, but we're more stable than we were before, but now that Shuev and Hafiz are probably going to be leaving this year, 2022, they're probably going to be on their way out. Um, And, you know, it's... We think. Let's see what happens, but... (laughs) Yeah, you know, them two, they just get younger while we get older. But if they are to leave, then this leaves another kind of hole uh, that the hole that we've been trying to close for the whole year uh, (laughs) remains or is going to open back up again starting next year. So I think that's the thing to work on. Uh, The feeling's been on and off. There were some games, especially the last few, the way we closed the year out, the feeling looked really good. Um, the energy and, and and all of that looked really good, but then there's some games that we 're making we 're dropping catches again and stuff so there's there there are things to work on over there in that department clearly, and I think that 's a department that you 're always working on that 's not a department you ever you know stop working on, especially if you 're in pakistan you 're always going to be working on that, so I think that 's an evergreen kind of an area for us to work on. Uh, so those are two things I think for me, I'm satisfied with the bowling. I think there's also, like you mentioned before, we got a pipeline of really good bowlers and they're just waiting to get a chance. So we're in, in a good place with that. We got a bench full of bowlers ready to go roaring to go. Uh, we saw Wasim junior. We saw the uh, as well. So, you know, we got a couple pacers strike bowler level pacers waiting to be given a chance. So we're, we're in good good shape over there uh we're just really you know going from numbers three to number six that's still you know those three players we need to figure out those three to four players uh in t20 in test matches we have a pretty good combination too i feel um the bowling is pretty much the same outfit as our t20 bowling um i guess excluding harsh Rove, but you know, we have a pretty good bowling side in, in test matches. Our batting is actually top order is pretty solid in test matches with Fadalam Alam, Abid Ali. And um, I know we're going to have probably a retirement over there too somewhere. And I don't know who the replacement is going to be like for Azar Ali, for example. But if and when that happens, we'll we'll cross that bridge. But I think it's it's stable. Now, perhaps we should be more critical because, especially in ODIs and tests, our ranking is so low, so maybe you know we shouldn't be satisfied with what we got going on right now. But the team feels stable. The games that I've seen haven't been straight wipeouts. You know, people haven't really destroyed us in in test matches, even when we lost. Um, and and uh, there aren't many that we lost. So, you know, once we start playing quality opposition starting in March with Australia in twenty twenty two, we're gonna see some of these bigger holes that we may not have identified before. So I'll, I'll wait till then. But I think to end the year, we did good in our opening batting and our bowling overall.
1: Completely agree with you. Uh, We're definitely doing a lot of experiments and rotation. T20 is obviously strong. The highlight of the year for me is, is consistency. We haven't seen The batting click every single time, whether it's the top order or the middle order and experiments of new players who've been really gelling in and performing. That's a good sign. And we finally have more than one batsman that we can rely on. We have uh, Rizwan, who always had Bobber. We have Heather Ali, Fakhar Zaman, like you said, on and off. If that guy gives us a century every five matches, we'll take it. That's a good status, I think. Mm -hmm. Our feeling is, yes, it's not as consistent as it should be, but it's way better than what it used to be. So (laughs) that's that's definitely a plus, right? How many catches did we drop in each match previously? And I'm not even talking long ago. I'm talking about last year. So overall, a great year for Pakistan and hope it continues into 2022.
0: And we hope it continues. And on that note, friends, we wish Team Pakistan the best of luck and we wish you all a very happy new year. We're going to end our episode. Don't forget to check us out at CrickLectuals.com and check us out also on social media at CrickElectuals and engage with us and let us know what questions you have and what you want to see in the next year and what you want to have us or hear us talk about in the next year. So until next time, take care and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.